You're listening to The Kelly Track Show. I'm your host, Kelly Track, author, coach, and eternal optimist. Each week, I'll give you lessons to elevate your life, reclaim your personal power, and truly awaken and transform. Your best life starts right now. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the show. If you're new here, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. You are in for a treat today because we have Ainsley McLeod here on the show, and we are talking all about past lives, how to figure out our destiny, what we are meant to do in this lifetime, how to look at our unique personalities, and how to decide what we're supposed to be doing here on planet Earth based on that. All those good spiritual topics that I love and probably you love too. So Ainsley McLeod is an internationally acclaimed past life psychic, spiritual teacher, and award-winning author of The Instruction, The Transformation, and most recently, The Old Souls Guidebook. Ainsley specializes in exploring past lives to reveal your life's purpose and has been a featured guest on Oprah's Super Soul Conversations. He lives on a tranquil island in the Pacific Northwest, and you can find him at AinsleyMcLeod.com. So one of the things we touch on in this episode is the topic of soul types, and Ainsley has a quiz you can take on his website that tells you what your soul types are. I wanted to read out the 10 soul types for you so you can kind of get an understanding of what they are. So there's the helper, you are of service, practical and passive. There's the caregiver, you're nurturing, empathetic and prone to self-neglect. There's the educator, it's informative, eloquent and verbose. The thinker, rational, curious, over-analytical. Creator, sensitive, creative, ungrounded. Performer, communicative, playful, pretentious. Hunter, physical, task-oriented, inflexible, leader, charismatic, active, intransigent, the spiritualist, compassionate, spiritual slash religious, obsessive, and the transformer, inspirational, motivational, unworldly. So that kind of just gives you a quick glimpse into the 10 types, but you can take the quiz for yourself and figure out which ones you are. And I think this episode will be really supportive for you if you're wondering, you know, what's my purpose? What am I here to do? What should I be looking at in terms of a career or building a business? Like, what kind of things could I focus on? We talk a lot about your gifts. Where do your gifts come from? We talk about how your personality matches what you're supposed to be doing in the world. So I think this conversation will be really supportive for you if you are feeling a lot of questions and you're wondering a lot of things. Ainsley also gives me a mini reading, which is really fun. So we talk about what soul types I am. We go through one of my past lives. We go through a couple of my current fears that I have in this lifetime, which everything he said was super accurate. (laughs) So that's really fun. And if you want to get a reading with him uh, yourself, you can book a reading with him at ainsleymcleod.com if you want to go through some of your past lives, or if you have stuff that is coming up a lot. And we talk about this in this episode, past life um, regressions can be really supportive in terms of healing things that you are dealing with in your present reality and looking to your past lives as a way to clear up some of the consistent patterns or habits or physical ailments that bother you in this current lifetime. So it's a fascinating conversation. It's, it was just one I could have had like a thousand hour conversation. <laughs> you know, one of those chats where you're like, I could talk to you pretty much forever and ask you a million questions, uh, but, but we capped it at an hour. So I hope you enjoy. I hope you like it. And here's Ains in the cloud. Let's get into the show. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Ainsley. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for coming. So my first sort of bucket of questions I wanted to get in with you about is really talking about our destiny and our life purpose, which is such a major topic with my community and also the work right. I do. Um, 
my first upcoming book is coming out this year and it's about finding your genius and the work that only you can do. And so many of my audience members are always wondering, you know, what is that thing that I'm supposed to be doing here? And you always share that, you know, who you are is why you're here and your destiny is not a secret. Um, Right. And you also wrote in one of your books, look to what you're drawn to as a way to understand your life purpose. So can we start off here and can you share a little bit more about that? Yeah. So uh, gosh, absolutely. But I I think the first thing, and and it's kind of important to understand is that we're all here for a reason, you know, uh, and and it's not one reason. I should actually stress that because I think this is a, there's a kind of um, disempowering belief on this, that there's a holy grail. It's that one thing. If I could just figure out that one shining light on the hill that I need to strive for, everything's going to be perfect. But for most people, it's your life purpose is, is broad. It's, you know, it's, there's all these different experiences that you want to have. Um, your day job, so I often point out, is not necessarily your life purpose. I mean, it would be ideal if it was connected to your life purpose, of course. I mean, that's what we ideally want is that the time that you're spent you spend on this planet, you are working towards healing issues from past lives, karmic blocks, whatever it might be. That there's, everything is to a purpose, but it's not just about the, the, the day job. Mm. And it would be nice if it was that too. So. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, and then you kind of have also shared that like your soul want to make, wants to make sure that your personality matches your destiny. So can you talk yeah. a little bit about how our unique personalities are linked to what we're supposed to be doing here on Earth? Yeah, absolutely. So we all come in with a, a complete personality. And that's why I joke that people who think babies are born as blank slates have obviously never met one. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if you see babies, if, especially if you can compare one baby with another, you know, you'll see that they they really come in. I, I liken it to f- coming in like fully loaded computers. You know, when you take them out of the box, they're, they're kind of, they've got all that, loads of stuff already in there. And, uh, you know, we come in with um, missions to be accomplished, uh, soul investigations, um, complete personality. The, the personality thing, I think, is the, the the real key here. You know, I talk about this a lot, looking at soul types and the personality that your soul chose. Because, um, as I pointed out in my last book, you wouldn't choose flip-flops to go climbing Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. You know, you would choose climbing gear. And you wouldn't wear climbing gear on the beach, mm-hmm. you know. So um, what your soul does, it it gets a plan. It's, it's sitting on the astral plane before coming into the, the physical plane, um, before your life starts. And it's it's looking at all the things that it wants to achieve. And it, it says, okay, well, we, we want to learn this, we want to overcome that. Um, and we'd like to be focusing on this kind of thing, whatever it is. So it, it chooses then a personality, like a, like a suit of clothes. Mm. And say, well, I'll need this. Um, so it, it, let's say you know, doing what I do, I'm a psychic and a, I've been an artist a lot of my life and mm-hmm. I was an illustrator. I, I paint now, I've done ceramics and different things. Um, you know, and I play music and a lot of creative stuff. Um, I'm a creator type, that's my soul type. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've got a couple of other influences that then sort of shape how I show up as, as a creator. But what it means for me is that, um, you know, I write a lot. Um, I've got uh, maybe an easier than most connection with the other side. It's all connected with the sensitivity you get from being a 
creator type. So, you know, my soul obviously thought, well, that's going to be a good choice. And um, it's not necessarily being, being uh, an easy choice. I mean, sometimes the, the personality we choose can be, it can present challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it could be, I mean, for example, if you don't mind me just reading a little bit of, of you, you you're, you're what they call a spiritualist type. You, and, and this means you've had lifetimes as a healer, as uh, um, oh, anything that gives your soul a sense of a higher purpose. But healing would be a common sort of occupation, along with maybe being a um, monk, priest, nun, that, that sort of thing. A lot of contemplative type lives. It helps you to build a connection to the other side. It'll make you more mm-hmm. um, kind of more intuitive than you, you, you might be otherwise. But that mm-hmm. spiritualist shapes everything. So you, you're the main thing is that every spiritualist type is looking for a higher purpose. You're looking for a life that gives you meaning. You're never going to be fulfilled going into a factory and pulling a lever and pressing buttons and calling it good. You know, yeah. it's never going to be enough to say, "Well, at least I get paid." You know, no, yeah. you, you have to have that sense of higher purpose. Um, you have the leader in your in your personality as well, which is, you know, that's a a challenge on its own. Just you know, being a being a woman with a leader influence, you know, it's like it doesn't always go down so well in you know with younger souls, particularly. You don't don't really, you know, sometimes they have a bit of a problem with strong women. And I'm <laughs> sure you've you've come across that. Yeah. And uh, but you're here, you know, it can be hard in 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 you know childhood. I mean, if you have a kid who's got the leader in them, well, they want to lead. They want they don't want to be told what to do and right. all of that sort of thing. So you know, you do get some some challenges there. You know, I, I I put in my first book, I think it was, that I was thinking about my youngest child, who's now all grown up. But when he was little, I described him turning diaper changing into a martial art. <laughs> but you know, but what helped me not to sort of strangle him was was that i knew that he was he had the leader in his soul types plus mm-hmm. and past life fears around powerlessness and so on so when this poor kid is put on his back he's put into a prone position and and he's going hell no you know like you know don't tell me what to do and all of that sort of thing so very hard for a leader to be to, to go through this years but wonderful when you know for example he coaches now mm-hmm. fabulous you know leader leader activity so you've got that little that bit of extra masculine energy certainly mm-hmm. going to confuse some people because you've got that sort of feminine exterior yeah. but you've got like that really sort of strong leader core as well um you know you're not to be pushed around or <laughs> or messed with and, uh, <laughs> that's true and, i would say that's very true <laughs> and then and then you've also got the performer in yeah. your soul types and you, you you develop that through being a singer dancer actor uh presenter all sorts of anything to do with the public and um, communication expression and so on. So you've come in sort of, uh, well, with the performer, you, you, if you think of it this way, every performer wants to reach an audience. Mm-hmm. So you want to reach an audience. And that can be with writing. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of writers with, with the performer in them. The one thing that that does, it puts the idea into the, into the mind that, it's along the lines of if you can reach 50 people, you can reach 50 million people. It's like, mm. go for it. You know, like a yeah. sort of feeling of it's, I always think of performers, uh, their writing style being very accessible mm. um, because that's what they're all about. They're really just mm-hmm. wanting to reach 
as many people, you know, okay, we can reach 50, we can reach 50,000, you know, it's, mm-hmm. so that, that idea of making it accessible, um, often using humor as well to, mm-hmm. to get points across, you'll see that performers do that a lot. And you have a charisma, you know, that's, that's what comes with uh, this sort of combination. You do stand out. And then there's some other fascinating things that play into it, sort of uh, more uh, fears and stuff from past lives that mm-hmm. you're wanting to, to work through. You're, you're doing a lot of that sort of thing. One thing that fascinated me was when, I, um, when my last book came out and I started doing uh, podcast interviews to promote it. Mm-hmm. And I was doing these little readings for people who were interviewing me and I mm-hmm. found every single one, and you're no exception, you're working through a past life fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. comes from having been abandoned in a past life. In your case, you were um, a woman who was abandoned by her husband in Spain. Mm. He went off to explore the new world a few hundred years ago, didn't come back. And the result was, um, uh, well, first of all, there were a lot of lies and Mm. false promises and so on, which actually shown up as um, a very strong sense of, uh, funnily enough, loyalty. And you, you, I mean, you were going to be super loyal friend to, Mm -hmm. to people or to anyone you know, that, that you form a, a bond with because you've been betrayed mm. in the past life and your soul, you know, you as a really super empath, you're making sure that you don't, um, you don't do anything to be disloyal to somebody else and betray them. And mm. because it'd be such an awful thing, you know, or was such an awful thing that you went through. So you're kind of learning from your, uh, your experiences, uh, that kind of way as, as you go along. So, I found that everybody's working, everyone who interviewed me is working through a past life fear of rejection, comes from abandonment. And, uh, you know, in your case, you were abandoned by a husband. And you ended up in poverty, so that would tend to show up as some worries about maybe not having enough money later in life or something like that, you know, being, mm-hmm. just making a little bit more conscious around money. And uh, the, there is a tendency with anybody with that fear of rejection to, um, it's a tendency to isolate yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to like, um, you know, you got a problem in your life. Instead of automatically going and sharing it with friends and getting support, it's almost like more just you know, lock the doors, hunker down, try and deal with it yourself. Mm-hmm. That tends to be a sort of a little bit of a default mode for people with that fear, uh, along with a tendency to internalize your mm-hmm. your your fears and and concerns rather than externalize. And uh, so sometimes that it can be very helpful for somebody with with that going on to to get a therapist or be able to talk about stuff, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to to share it. You do need to learn to to kind of do that. Something else, by the way, worth mentioning is that you're a very old soul. Mm-hmm. Um, this is part of you know what I do. Mm-hmm. Look at the age of people's souls. You, in technical terms, you are level ten. You're halfway through. You're fifty percent. Wow! Yeah, oh my so, gosh! Whoa! Uh, Holy yes, with great, with great age comes great responsibility, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, you're kind of right up there. The interesting thing about that is um, you, you, the, the simple marker, yeah. simple sign that you're such an old soul is acceptance of others. Because mm. at this point, yeah, who cares whether, you know, what skin color is, gender yeah. orientation, sexual orientation. The sense of just like, hey, we're all souls. You know, under the skin, you know, and this is just because of your experience. You are a really mm-hmm. old soul. You've, and whoever you look at in the world, you've been there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you, you've been the marginalized um, you know, refugee or whatever. And so, you, what your soul does 
it it connects. It, it, mm-hmm. it says, okay, we've been there. You know, so it's showing compassion for somebody because you understand their experience. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, it's how kind of how empathy works, or a big big part of it. Uh, so that connection with others, acceptance of others, that's a real simple marker. Um, mm-hmm. People, as the soul ages, you tend to become more uh, progressive politically, um, tend to, tendency to be more spiritual rather than religious. You know, So mm-hmm. those are signs of being an older soul. Um, but halfway through that, you, that you're at, this 50% point is interesting because it pushes you out into the world. A mm-hmm. lot of really old souls want to just kind of, I don't know, sort of live in that little cottage, you know, by the mm-hmm. sea and just paint or whatever they, they you know, they want to do as an old yeah. soul. Um, you're at that point, though, where you, the lessons you're trying to learn involve other people. They involve very much being out in the world. Mm. This is not a life for, you know, hunkering down or, yeah. or, or you know, living yeah. living alone with your cats. You know, this is this is much more about interacting with people, influencing people, and so on. You're also trying to work through a major past life fear that's connected to the throat chakra, mm. and it's about self-expression. So again, you know, what a great way to get over this, you know, to, to be doing what you're doing right now. Um, that's really helpful. I mean, the goal is to learn really to speak your truth mm. and to feel safe in doing that. Mm. And that's kind of interesting for you, mm-hmm. you know, as a writer, because the, you know, you always want to get over this. It's always the same fears that get in the way of people writing. You know, when people talk about a writer's block or whatever, usually in my experience, it's the same, it's the same thing, you know, uh, same fears come up. Self-expression. So what if I put something out into the world and it comes back, something comes back and bites me. Mm-hmm. And that comes from a past life where you were, where you expressed yourself and you were persecuted. Or maybe you didn't le- learn to speak your, your mind or something and it radically affected your life plan. Um, there's rejection. What if people don't like me? Right. You know, what about these reviews? That can be judgment as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very very hard for for somebody who's working through rejection and judgments to um, to read reviews. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, you know, cause actors. You know, so many actors. You know, they're 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 working through self expression and and all these fears and you know and rejection, and they end up in a in a an occupation where you're gonna have to face it all the time. But that's actually typical. Your soul, your soul is always looking to uh, face the fears, mm. whatever, whatever it is. So, I mean, this, this would be a great example. You've got past life fear of rejection. You've got past life fear of self-expression. And here you are doing a podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, what you, the, one of the reasons that so many people I, I've talked to are working through rejection by doing this is that the way you heal rejection as a, as a fear, it's always from abandonment mm-hmm. of some kind in a past life, often dying alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you heal it by belonging. Mm. So it's very important for you to have community and, and feel like you belong. And the more, the more you belong and don't get rejected, then the, the more you heal. Um, but the elevated way, the real sort of super fast track way of, and of really ensuring healing is to be a uniter, is to bring people together. And interestingly, a lot of the people, maybe even most of the people that are drawn to you will also be people with a past life fear of rejection, looking mm. for belonging. So you're, you're, you're acting as a kind of Pied Piper in a way. You know, you're, mm. you're, you're, you're bringing your people in. You're creating your, you know, your, your own community. 
That's all very accurate and so fascinating and so true. Thank you. It is fascinating. Also, just the fact that it's all, all that information is available. You know, it's yeah. like, we, you know, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I really acknowledge all of that. I think I had picked up on a lot of that reading your books about like fear mm -hmm. of definitely fear of rejection. Um, uh, that fear of like abandonment those definitely shine through. I didn't realize I was going to be soul level 10. I thought I was maybe seven or eight or nine. Um, so I was kind of surprised it's level yeah, 10. All, I didn't know I was that old. All souls do that all the time. You oh, know, okay. it's, like, it's, it's like when you're asked to assess yourself in class and you sort of mark yourself down a little because you don't want to appear egotistical <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so one of the things, one of the questions I had for you, so one of the things that I teach is how to people find their like innate gifts and their innate genius. And I think that your best and most innate gifts come from past lives. Do you agree? Do you feel like all your best talents or stuff? You've 100%. In a previous life? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> totally. That's what I wish uh, more people knew. I mean, I, I, just all our talents, all our talents are past life related. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it always makes me laugh when you see these incredibly talented children, you know, like three-year-old yeah. virtuosos on, a, on an instrument on YouTube and people going, oh, where does it come from? You know, it's like, okay, sit down. Let's talk about past lives. You know, yeah. it's like, where do you think it comes from? Where else could, so, yeah. so it's a combination of channeling and uh, being able to tap into past life talents. So you think about it, uh, if you, if you're doing something often enough, you get good at it. Mm -hmm. um, you don't come into this world. This is actually a case for reincarnation. If you came into this world once, now this is it, you wouldn't really get the chance to do anything. Life would be incredibly unfair. You know, mm -hmm. one person might come in and die age two. Well, well at least what was that all about? Mm -hmm. um, you know, somebody else makes it to 90, but they don't get on their life plan. I mean, so you come back multiple times so mm -hmm. that you, 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 get the chance to work on things and develop it. You know, it's mm -hmm. like you, you wouldn't become good at photography with doing taking one evening class. That doesn't yeah. teach you to be a photographer. You have to do a course, you know, you have to mm -hmm. you know, learn the ins and outs of it. So what we're doing all the time is we're building, building, building on, uh, on these talents, these, these past life abilities. So, you know, we all come in with something, mm -hmm. you know, it could be a talent for logic from past lives as a, lawyer maybe or something where you had to use that rational part of your mind um or you're know, just being an academic or a scientist um it could be talent for music and you know it could be a talent for well a lot of other things um there, there are 10 talents they're all identifiable that's the 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 wonderful thing i like about the system that i was given by mm -hmm. spirit guides that i work with that everything fits in mm -hmm. to to these it makes it really simple way to understand mm -hmm. things it's not like they're i mean yes we're all complex individuals but we can break break down everything into you know you can say this this soul age these soul types these talents mm -hmm. um so the great thing about a talent is that if you have it let's say you have a talent for music but you've never sung you never played an instrument you probably would have a passion for music you probably really enjoy music because that passion would be a sign of the 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 talent but mm. the great thing is that it can be developed every talent mm -hmm. like intuition mm -hmm. you know? um and a lot of people don't realize that you know that they they expect you you know like that idea you, you you're either psychic or you're not kind of right. um 
But I worked it out. I mean, like, you know, when I first found out I could do this, I spent three years before I read it. Anybody practicing, practicing, just mm. talking to the spirit world, developing the, the, the connection. Um, exactly as you would do with music or art or any, any other talent, um, mm. that all of them can be developed. They, all of them respond to practice. But we can also do more. I mean, I, so I play music, I play in a band. Um, and what I learned to do years ago was actually bring the spirit world in when I play, when I play music. And what mm. it did was it, it, it changed my um, perception, I think, of, of something during performances. Up until the time I did that, I used to complain that every performance I ever did, every 90-minute show went by in two minutes. It just seemed to like I was just in the zone. I was always the, that sort of bass player hiding behind the drummer, you know, just playing away in my own little world. Mm-hmm. And uh, bringing, this, bringing in the, the spirit world and asking for the support and everything and to enhance the talent, um, I found that a 90-minute show took 90 minutes and I was much more connected with the other musicians. Um, and it really enhanced my experience. And what I learned to do, so 20 years ago, but I, you know, I learned to do that with any creative endeavor. So I've, um, I started playing acoustic guitar and I was able to tap into a past life as uh, a young flamenco, flamenco guitarist. Um, I, I play bass forever. I've been tap, tapping into, into that. Um, I started painting a couple of years ago, oil painting. I hadn't done it since art school when I was young. And, um, I, I did the same thing. I mean, knowing what I know and how talents work, was what I did was I, I basically said to the universe, okay, give me some art talent here. You know, mm-hmm. I haven't done it for 40 years or something, and I'm going to be incredibly rusty. So, you know, g- you know give me a hand here. And um, I was able very, very quickly to, to get to a point where I was – I mean, it was a lot of, again, a lot of practice. I painted mm-hmm. something like 80, well, it was exactly 80 little portraits to wow. sort of get my, get, get the talent back in, and up and running. And then just started working on some some bigger pieces. But again, I would never, I'd never think about embarking on anything. I wouldn't start squirting paint onto the palette mm-hmm. without bringing supporting from the universe in the mm. form of the talents which are past life uh, abilities and also getting the help from spirit guides who have an artistic bent you know, mm. it's like okay give me you know give me a touch of uh manet now I, I could use a little bit of you know impressionist <laughs> sort of thing and yeah. i actually just i will ask the universe for that and then you know paint something and step back and go yeah i can see that there's something flowing through you I like that. That's a very powerful practice to like call in the universe and call in those spirit guides to support you before you yeah. like pursue something. Absolutely. That's, that's I do smart. Every time, you know, my yeah. wife and I, we, we, you know, we, we were doing regular classes and, mm-hmm. and stuff and um, we, we would always, I mean, we would never not bring the spirit guides in with a simple request and get, you know, get them involved. So, you know, it's a little, prayer but we all have spirit guides which is something else that i think is mm-hmm. super important mm-hmm. um you know we, we're not cast adrift here on the physical plane alone we we have um, you know an amazing support team on the other side mm-hmm. um interestingly those in spirit seem to have a greater awareness of the potential for connection they can see more clearly i think that there is an, an opportunity to connect you know we sometimes go 
do we are there really spirits you know do i really have spirit guides do they do they really exist but from their point of view it's going hello we're here you know and, and yeah. talk to us yeah and uh you know i mean spirit guides without someone to guide and you know, not have a lot to do so i mean it's like actually on, on that note when i literally very first conversation i ever had with the spirit guides that i work with i thanked them profusely and i was going oh my god you know this is amazing thank you thank you thank you and they're going no thank you you give us purpose and i was going oh yeah without, <laughs> without people to guide you got so you got nothing to do have you so um yeah maybe it's not quite as simple as that but yeah we do give them purpose and they, they help to give us it as well so if we i think if we could all just get into that you know just regular habit of bringing spirit guides in talking to them about mm -hmm. our our lives um getting into regular dialogue with spirit i think is so so important mm -hmm. um when i go out for a walk i bring spirit guides in immediately i just kind of like and i just start putting out prayers requests talking about thoughts they help to give me clarity um it just becomes a regular communication and um there is also something else i put this in my last book that i was working with somebody one time and she said um uh, you know i'm not hearing my my spirit guides and i don't think they're they're hearing me um, usually when somebody says something like that, the spirit guys say to me, you know, we're yelling and we're just not being heard. It's, mm. it's, it's usually the, the, the problem. It's not on their side, it's, but it's on this. And uh, so, uh, she, yeah, she was, you know, she was feeling like uh, I'm just not being heard. I said to her, do you, do, you, um, do you write down your questions for your spirit guides as well as saying them? And she, she said, no, I just think them. Mm. And that's when the spirit guide said, you know, it's, hard enough being a spirit guide without having to read minds as well and yeah. the the point they're making really is that we want to make it as easy for them mm -hmm. uh, or for all of us you know so when you're communicating with the spirit world if you're just sitting there and thinking stuff i think maybe pretty hard for them to figure out in amongst all that chatter and stuff that's happening yeah. how, how are they supposed to figure it out but if you write down questions verbalize them that sort of thing makes it much, much easier for the spirit world to then respond. Mm. Yeah, I did pick up on that note when I was reading. Um, I believe, is that the Old Souls Guidebook that was yes. in? Um, yeah. I did pick up that. I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I just, I'm always thinking about it. And I'm like, oh, they can communicate with me through thought. But I was like, I should try writing this down. Um, and I, I've been, I've been increasingly like speaking with my spirit guides every day now since I, since I read uh, earlier this spring on the old souls guidebook. Cause I was like, why not ask for this extra help if they're <laughs> just yes. available yeah. anyways, might as well put them to use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, honestly, I just, I just think, remember they're there and just use them. Mm -hmm. I mean, even now I've been doing it for, I've been doing this work for about 25 years and, uh, you know, every so often I'll, I'll be going, gosh, I don't know what to do about something in my rifle seat. Well, talk to your spirit guys. Oh, yeah, right. It's like you know, <laughs> yeah. even I forget sometimes that yeah, yeah, they're they're you know, and generally I found that although the spirit guides they'll often say to me, asked and answered. If I if I'm asking the same question again, I go, no, we we did this already. We're not gonna we're not gonna repeat it. There is an mm -hmm. energetic exchange, and they just feel like no, you've already got that. Um, I kind of 
trick them a little. I, go, I, I get around that by just saying, could you confirm that thing you said? You know, so at least I'm not asking the question again, but I am getting right. a confirmation. Um, they don't seem to mind that too much, but repetition, they, they, they've not got much time for, but um, they, they do feel like no, no question is stupid. You know, people say, oh, it's a bit of a stupid question, but no, they really feel like their job is to really help us. Sometimes they'll tease me a little bit if I ask a question that is so obvious. Mm. They'll just kind of like they'll maybe they'll be silent or or they they uh, just kind of like make fun of me. It's like mm. you know really really are you, are you seriously going to ask us that? It's yeah. So obvious, you know, like yeah, okay, thanks. I can I don't need to run every little thing by them. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I wanted to ask you as well about life plans and mm. kind of talk about that because you brought up some really fascinating points um in the old souls guidebook about you moving to california and having that conversation with that psychic yeah. and you shared that you said moving to california was an essential part of your life plan i had total free will but the universe would conspire to get me there all i had to do was seize the opportunities that came along so aside from the psychic telling you that you know you you'll end up in california no matter what you do how did you know that that was like a piece of your life plan? How did you know that was something that was like meant for you on your life path? Well, um, so, so originally what had happened was uh, I was in the town of Brighton in the south coast of England, uh, waiting for a train back to London and uh, saw a sign, said there's a psychic in this bookstore. And I, I just thought, well, I'll give it a try. So I, and uh I, I went in and had a reading that was just like, holy cow. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, so accurate. And uh, in, in so many ways, and a lot of things that, you know, unfolded. And uh, one of them was that the, the old psychic, he's got it. I mean, I know it's a freak show anyway, you know, but his was more of a freak show, I think, than mine. You know, I mean, I know it's weird when you say, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm talking to spirit guides and everything. He actually had a voice in his ear. So he's kind of going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll tell him. All right. OK, don't, don't pester me. I'll tell him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so he, he says, uh, you're going to end up in California. And I visited once and uh, I didn't actually have a very good time. It was actually more to do with the company I, I was with, but mm -hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't so much the place, you know, but mm -hmm. um and I was, I, and I was just kind of in a jokey mood, and I was going, "Oh God, no, no!" I went there once, hated it, and uh, he's going, "There's nothing you can do about it, nothing." Fast forward about ten years, and um, through a, a complicated set of circumstances, I ended up um, bailing out of a toxic relationship, crossing the U.S., and uh, you know, at this point, I'm I'd gone from you know living in England living in the States, and mm -hmm. uh, it'd been about 10 years. And I, uh, uh, an apartment came up in San Francisco, um, and I needed to get, you know, get out quick. And so almost the next thing, I find myself in this quiet apartment in Knob Hill in San Francisco, having peace and quiet for the first time in possibly my entire life. And I sat down to meditate. I knew I was really stressed. I was looking at my hands. I was kind of shaking. And it's like it'd been a really stressful period. And um, I sat down just to meditate. I closed my eyes and immediately heard the voice of the psychic from 10 years ago going, you're going to end up in California. There's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. You know, it's like, <laughs> and um, I, I mean, I, I sort of leapt to my feet and I'm going, holy cow. It was the big moment where I went, the, 
all right, I need to figure this out. What on earth is how 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 does this all work? Mm-hmm. So that that really got me sort of started on exploring spirituality and trying to figure out how psychics could could predict something like that. Yeah. But partly how I knew, I mean, okay, it was extremely helpful to end up in in California when somebody, you know, psychic I trusted had told me that. Yeah. But at the same time, I I was never trying to fulfill the prophecy. You know, so mm. I was kind of like, yeah, I, for the longest time or for months, I was um, not even sure that I wanted to stay there. Um, and I was just staying in hotels. I didn't feel initially the sense of, you know, permanence or like mm-hmm. putting down roots, even though I was getting all the signs. And the signs for me would have been, first of all, an apartment came up just when mm-hmm. I, I needed it. Just a friend was moving out for a month. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that made things an awful lot easier. Um Oh, and then one one weird thing. It was actually on my, I think, the second day that I was in San Francisco. I'd been doing some, uh, I was an illustrator back then, mm-hmm. and I'd been doing some work for a company in New York. I didn't know they had a, a branch in San Francisco. So I was actually wandering around near the Embarcadero in San Francisco, and mm-hmm. um, I got a page. I was back in the days of pagers, and uh, I found a phone booth called my client and he said oh he'd moved from new york to he's now working in san francisco with the, the company and uh i'm going well there's a coincidence you know mm. and you know where, where's the office and it's kind of like you know the other end of the street that i'm i was actually on um i mean so it blew us blew us both away when i sort of popped in there five minutes later and going okay you know you, you called and so Suddenly, you know, I've got like a connection with a client. I've got, you know, um, work um, to do. It's all of these little signs were pointing. Um, also, just a gut feeling that it felt yeah. right. I mean, apart from that, I was, you know, I didn't really have any, I mean, no family in the States. There's mm-hmm. nowhere like an obvious place. So, you know, go back to where the family is in Buffalo yeah. or something. And it wasn't going to yeah. happen. So I could have gone absolutely anywhere so i was in san francisco going well oh, this is cool i mean uh, you know but it was also that gut feeling just that mm-hmm. gut feeling this is this is right and then for me of course it would be hearing from psychics that it was you know getting validation that it was the, the right thing to do mm-hmm. so yeah okay it makes sense following like the sort of like those signs the synchronicities that ease yeah. the everything kind of lining up along with that gut feeling of it being right. I, I definitely yeah. resonate with that. I think it's easy when you look back at your past when those sort of stars did align yeah. um, and thinking about that going forward as like a marker of like, oh, this is something that's in alignment with my life path. I think that's a good way of- And that's actually a really it. good point you're making there because I think if you um, review all the times in your life that the intuition has either served yeah. you well or you didn't listen and you wish you had, those sort of things then really help you in the future. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we don't process these things. We don't realize just how much, um, you know, the the times that you got a negative feeling about somebody and you didn't listen to it. And then, of course, wish you had, you know, it didn't work out so well. Um, One of the things that I did, and it was just around that time when I arrived in San Francisco, was to, uh, I wrote a, a list of all the things, of all the um, psychic predictions that mm. I'd heard over the years. So many of them, unfortunately, what I did was I was always so, um, I guess cynical would be the, mm-hmm. the word, beyond skeptical a little bit. Um, 
even you know like when it, that guy in Brighton that I talked to you know first thing he told me was that I just bought a keyboard and I had a week before I just bought like a Yamaha keyboard mm -hmm. but there's a part of me going yeah everyone's buying computers now you know it's like mm -hmm. of course yeah they all come with keyboards it was like I'm, I'm always and now well when I went in and reviewed all the things that I'd heard were, were true it was like I wish I paid more attention yeah. and I wish I'd acted more on it on 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 what I was getting but I was super obstinate you know as, as well you know yeah. I was locked into well I was locked into a very very weird sort of cognitive dissonance that I believed I was an atheist and also I was talking to spirit world or fascinated mm -hmm. by psychics you know kind <laughs> yeah. of like oh, definitely holding two different <laughs> sort of beliefs yeah yeah, yeah. So then as a psychic, can you tell what's in people's uh, life plans? And then on the flip yeah. side, how can we figure that out for ourselves? Well, um, that's really what I do. So what, what I look at with the life plan, and that's really sort of laid out in my first book and the instruction, mm -hmm. really showing you the different elements of your life plan and how you can figure yourself out from, from there. I think the very first thing is to know, to know what's in your life plan. I mean, to know what the elements are. I don't mean mm -hmm. the, you, know, you, you specifically, but what... Mm -hmm. What are you looking for? Because, you know, that's what I, you said at the beginning, you know, like I, you know, I talk about your destiny not being a secret. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because we think these things are so hard and it's like, oh, you know, looking through a glass darkly and will I ever figure it out? You are meant to, you know, you're getting all this yeah. support from the other side to do that. We are not meant to be struggling blindly going, oh, my gosh, where am I going? It's just that we we don't know what to look for. And. Once you have some sort of idea, okay, well, you, okay, your entire personality is part of your life plan because right. that's chosen before you come in. So mm -hmm. that gives you something. And if you understand the 10 elements that form your personality, you have a soul type, primary influence of one mm -hmm. of the other nine types, mm -hmm. and then some secondary influences from the other eight. And we're all put together with a combination mm -hmm. of, of, of these soul types, everybody, you know, and, you know, so... It, it actually makes it quite easy if you you realize then okay we're not re dealing with infinite elements here mm -hmm. an infinite number we're dealing with just ten mm -hmm. but combinations of, of those ten and how they they shape you so we come in also with missions um, which are broadly speaking life experiences that we want to make sure we have we have um, challenges that are per that present life issues that will come up uh, past life fears which mm -hmm. show up as blocks, limiting beliefs, um, all sorts of anxieties, uh, and even well, phobias are all past life-related. Um, I, I mean, if the, the even the physical ailments, I mean, this is something that's a big part of what I do, mm -hmm. is um, helping people, you know, overcome physical stuff. They usually, people don't so much come to me and go, you know, I've got a pain in my shoulder. Mm -hmm. They, they, I'll be looking at a past life where they got shot in the shoulder and I'll ask them about it. And they'll mm -hmm. go, oh, yes, you know, my my left shoulder has it's been a problem for 10 years and doctors can't figure it out. And what, what I found very early on in doing this work was that I would tell somebody about a physical ailment from a past life. And the next time I spoke to them, they would have healing, sometimes complete mm -hmm. healing um, from whatever had been they'd been carrying in. So, you know, could be uh, for me. I, um, all my life, until I until I found a past life source, um, which was dying of uh, tuberculosis, um, that creates lung issues. You know, 
in present in future lifetimes or like this one and uh, for me all colds always went to my chest um it was just a constant place of weakness and a pneumonia and so on um and that changed when i found the 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 past life source mm. and so a bit, that's a big part of what i do you know i found it um chronic pain can respond uh well to past life work if we're if all it is is just dragging in a memory it's like ghost pains that, that we have mm. in the last couple of weeks i've had um somebody come back to me after her first first session um her psoriasis after 55 years has mm. started to clear up wow um yeah I mean, she, obviously in 55 years, so she's had it since she was two. Yeah. She's had a lot of time to try different things. Yesterday, I spoke to somebody who's um, been dealing with uh, uh, Crohn's disease mm. for 20 years. Wow. And we spoke first like a couple of months ago, and that's almost completely um, healed up. Wow. It was so funny. Amazing. I mean, my client was so excited to tell me, and I was so eager to get on with the session. I'm going, okay, let's look at this. And she's going, no, no, stop. You need to listen to this. You need to hear me. It's like, like my Crohn's is gone. You know, it's yeah. like, um, and it's so often it's those those uh, ailments that, you know, where doctors are baffled mm. or there's no obvious um, physical cause. You know, it's mm -hmm. that... Um, the mysterious sort of ailments, mm. those are the ones that tend to be past life related and we're just carrying these memories in, in the body. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's amazing. You can, you can really, um, sometimes you, you can get over a, a physical issue that might have been with you for decades in a moment. You know, it's just the, mm -hmm. it, it, the principle is really very simple. It's just really reminding the soul to let go. That's then. This is now. Yeah. Your soul can't separate them all out. I talk about this a lot because it's a really important principle but you might be on life 100 but your soul is only on life number one and it will always be on life number one because mm -hmm. it doesn't die between lives like the body mm -hmm. and the mind so it then unfortunately looks at something that happened 400 years ago mm -hmm. like you know five lifetimes ago or whatever it 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 sees it as part of this one continuum so you have to remind the soul and, and it's simple you just you just by talking about a past life mm -hmm. you know you just the all you got to do is say you know this past life was in spain your husband went off to the new world he left you and you were abandoned and ended up in poverty and that's why blah 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 and uh it's it's as simple as that i always picture the soul going oh okay thanks good yeah let's move on you know it's no big deal it's just like thank you and uh, yeah yeah it just needs that that little reminder you know when i'm looking at i mean i um I do regressions in groups, you know, mm -hmm. where I take people through past lives. But when, if I'm working one-on-one, -on -one, I'm just already in the zone. So I just tell them what happened and, you know, just, okay, this went on, this happened, blah, blah, blah. And it's usually pretty quick. You don't need more than maybe, I mean, when I'm scribbling notes from this that I'm getting from the spirit world and maybe five lines and you've got a whole past life, everything is, that's, you, you need to hear mm -hmm. is, is enca encapsulated there. And one of the most fascinating things to me is that um, if you have a baby or a child and they're exhibiting signs of past life mm -hmm. trauma, could be um, night terrors or uh, bad dreams or something, mm -hmm. then you can tell, you could tell a two-week-old um, about a past life. And as long as the soul gets it, it doesn't matter if they're only two weeks old, you know, they're not going to be, mm -hmm. you know rationalizing it but the soul will understand and uh 
so it's never too too early to to do these things. Um, and I've I've just seen again, you know, sort of just amazing healing with people's children, and you know, often after years of trying everything else. And there was somebody I wrote about in the the Old Souls Guidebook, and uh, you know, I I listed like something like two pages almost of what the parents had been through. They had tried everything, you know, mm-hmm. from Tylenol to surgery. You know, it's like. Um, but all the different things that they've done. And my editor's going, you know, maybe just one or two examples would be good. And I said, no, the point that I wanted to make is that yeah. this was their life. You know, mm-hmm. 20 years of endless doctor's visits, trying this and trying that and nothing working out and all the, the disruption to the family that, that was going on. And it cleared up in two weeks mm-hmm. because it was purely past life issue to the child was having. Um, yeah. grown child but special needs and uh, and it was just simply a matter of going in and reminding the soul and uh, you know I mean it's 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 absolutely life transforming and it's one yeah. of the most frustrating things that I find that I you know it, I just wish everybody knew about the healing yeah. potential from past life work I actually literally went through a little existential crisis a couple of weeks ago where it just was going oh just want to climb on the rooftops and just <laughs> yell it out. I mean, yeah. wake up, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, we could, honestly, when you see so yeah. much hurt and pain and stuff that people are dealing with all their lives and you yeah. go, oh my God, give me two minutes. We could just you know, yeah. fix this. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that. I know even when I was reading uh, your books, I was thinking about friends that have like certain fears that show up in them. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, your life would be easier if you like just read this. And I love what you said about just like that little soul reminder is all you need. Like there were certain things yeah. I resonated with is you talked about people. It's like, I have like Raynaud's in my hands and I've always hated the cold. I'm like, Oh, well mm. just reminding the soul. Maybe you died in the cold once. It was just like, even yesterday I was out for a walk and it was really cold. And I was like, Hey, reminder you, it was just like in a maybe in a past life you're not going to die right now, and just those like little things. No, I think that is really well. good, absolutely, to remind yourself, your soul or self, that um, that is a past life issue. That's really good um, to, to to do that because it's a it's a little bit like um, it's like a dog dog trainer. You know, I don't know if you yeah. ever watched Caesar Milan, but yeah, like yeah. he'll do like like a little kind of like a break the pattern thing. You know, like a little sound image kind of thing that he does mm-hmm. and it's like uh, and the dog goes what you know it's i think by just reminding the soul this when you, you when you notice the fear and just go ah that's the past life fear don't don't let it run things you know you're not your fears you know they're they're just something to be eradicated and work through you know they're they're not serving you in any in any way at all yeah yeah. Yeah I think that's a good reminder. I'm gonna do that one more with the fear or like around speaking speaking my needs and like speaking my truth has been a thing to consistently work on in this lifetime. Yeah. So next time I have a moment when I'm nervous to speak my needs, I'm like, Oh, rem- reminder that this is like past life fear. We're going to, we're going to master it in this life. <laughs> and, well, you, and, you know, you, you will as well, yeah. because once you start working on it, it, it really just, oh, everything sort of uh, unfolds very, very quickly. Mm. Um, I mean, I had, I talk about this a lot because it was such a big thing for me. I, I thought I would go to my death never being able to speak in public. Mm. I mean, it's such a big phobia. And um, now when I do events and I tell people about that, I'll, I'll see people going, yeah, they, they don't, they don't <laughs> believe it. But I was paralyzed with fear mm. when I was younger. Um, I couldn't walk into a room where somebody was giving a speech. It, it was 
that was too too hard for me. It's like, you know, I think a little an empathic thing, or maybe if, often the fear, like somebody would say, hey, let's hear from the guy at the back. And it's like, I've hightailed it out of so many rooms, meetings, and so on. And it was all about judgment from a past life where it led to my execution. And so what's, what was happening, and this happens for a lot of people, because it's the, probably the most common fear, is that you get in front of an audience and your soul immediately goes, Oh fuck! We're being a part of language. That's we good. are being um, we're being judged again, yeah. and we're going to die. It, yeah. You're not, but um, and all we have to do is again, like I was saying, just remind the soul, and it goes, "Oh, okay. Well, let's not worry about that then." Um, you know, and for me, it was like this. You know, I, I when I um, got over my fear of public speaking, I felt that I had fought a lion with a plastic fork you know like i'm heroic you know yeah. i mean it was nobody could see it but i had i had beaten the biggest challenge in my life mm-hmm. and because you know unless you have something like that you you don't you don't know how much it rules your life and places you won't go and things you won't do and um you know little things like i mentioned i've always played in bands but i have been the bass players hidden behind the drum mm-hmm. kit you know, and every so often somebody would say, could you test that mic? I'd pretend I couldn't hear. No, I'm not going to go near a microphone, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, as I say, now you can't shut me up. I'm, I'm making up for lost time. I mean, and, and joking apart, I think there is an element of, of that. So much of my life where I didn't speak out, mm. didn't want to be noticed, all past life related. Yeah. And all healed almost immediately when I was able to do the past life uh, work for myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so this is why I've, I've got a very sort of personal interest in helping mm-hmm. people with communication and and overcoming the fear around self-expression and judgment because it was such a big thing for me. One thing that I found was that it affected my confidence across the board because there were no longer going to be those situations that I go into where I could be blindsided by somebody sort of going, oh, get up and do karaoke or whatever it might be, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I'd rather die. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, that would just I could go into any situation and, and not worry. I, w- I wouldn't get so flustered. I wouldn't get so flooded by um, other people's stuff as well. Mm-hmm. It soothed the the whole mind, body, spirit uh, yeah. very much. The effect was absolutely extraordinary. And, uh, and I really was able to look back and see how my fear had ruled my life. Mm-hmm. The major decisions mm-hmm. that I made, you know, I mean, yeah. I couldn't do job interviews, so I became freelance. You know, I mean, it's not the only reason I became freelance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wanted mm-hmm. to be... Uh, an illustrator that was fine but i did go to uh i get i went through the process of trying to find a job um at one point um you know once in my 20s just because that's what you did and um interviews could not mm-hmm. could not do them you know like that again it was that sort of judgment so so many so much of my path it, mm-hmm. what it felt like was a big chunk of life was not open to me because of my fear and then once I, mm-hmm. once I overcame it, it was like, okay, I can do anything and go anywhere. I, I'm no longer praying for failure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was one thing, but that was really where the conversation with my guide started when I, I was actually working on my first book and, um, and talking, and it's in the proposal for the first book, talking about how I would promote the book, mm-hmm. go on TV and all of that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I'm going, shit, well, what if I actually have to do that? You know, like, right. I'm so, so I'm starting to pray. Well, let's hope this book isn't a success, you know. And then the spirit <laughs> guys are kind of going, "Okay." Uh, they actually said the, the words were, uh, "All right, my son, we need to talk." I remember <laughs> this, uh, 
son and it was like you know pat me on the head come on let's just sit yeah. we need to do this and i went okay yeah. you know so and it was it was really over in an afternoon you know like finding yeah. past life source going through it uh it was very pretty dramatic as well you know it's yeah. like certainly some big emotions came up but within a week it was a huge huge difference yeah um, i mean it was it was i just would not get triggered the mm. the, the the same mm-hmm. way that I had before, you know. I mean, I, yeah. I remember one time a friend calling me up and saying, "Hey, I'm getting married. I want you to be my best man." I had a panic attack, mm. like just in the instant that he mm-hmm. said that, and it was like, "Um, oh shit, no, I can't do it." And mm-hmm. uh, you know, even as I talk, I think like that's like 30, 40 years on. I yeah. still, yeah, I need to give him a call and explain why I'm so <laughs> <laughs> rude, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when you when you overcome any fear, I think, mm-hmm. you know, this is what I get, you know, feedback from from clients, you know, like they can do this now, I can do that. I'm stood up to the boss, uh, you know, I no longer take shit from my spouse, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, it, the, when you heal one part of your soul, mm-hmm. it's it has a bit of a knock-on effect. Mm-hmm. A, a sort of cascade sort of it affects, it affects every other part as well. Yeah. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, the past life work I feel like is just it's just so powerful to know and understand. Um, I can totally see why you want to shout it from the rooftops. It's, I know. it's amazing. I have a couple more questions before we wrap up here. Sure. Um, one of them was about, you had said in a very small section of the old souls guidebook about when people want to come to you with big life questions, you ask your, the spirit guides and they say a hundred percent supported. Yeah. How can we do that in our own life? Well, okay. So what do you want to do? 100% supported is my spur guide's way of saying that you're you're choosing to embark on something that's um, it's consistent with your life plan, mm-hmm. meaning it's appropriate for the personality and the goals that your soul's chosen for this life. Um, it means your spirit guides are behind you and your soul's behind you. So what you get is like a feeling of really, that is kind of going with the flow, that yeah. feeling like, you know, we're all working towards the same end. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you have, you, you could have lofty goals, but if they're not feasible or they're not consistent with your life plan, then um, the spirit world can't help you. You know, if you mm. say to the spirit guys, you know, um, well, I, you know, I'm a leader and I want, um, you know, I want to learn how to lead. Great. You know, it's totally what you're here to do. If you say, um, because I really want to become empress of the world and rule everybody with an iron fist, <laughs> spirit guys may go, <laughs> You know what? We can't really help you there. You know, yeah. we just like you know, a little step back and go, okay, well, you know, and but you won't get 100% because right. how can they help you to become, you know, a dictator when that's not in anybody's highest interest and certainly yeah. not yours, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's a silly example, but you know, mm-hmm. just if, if what you're asking for is totally consistent, you'll feel that f- flow. Yeah. Um, and what happens is if you talk a lot regularly to the spirit world about your, desires and aspirations and your goals they're continually helping to um give you clarity mm. so what you might do is you um you know like i was talking about how i i use time when i go for a walk i just yeah. bring the spirit guides in and just chat with anything i've been you know uh i mean i talk to them all the time but it's a slightly different thing this is just my opportunity to sort of put out um some requests now what i find is that if I put out a request for a few days, you know, say, well, you really help me to, to do this. I I might feel at the end of a few days, there's just no energy behind this. Mm. And then I realize, yeah, this is probably something that maybe I need to 
take another look at. Maybe there's something else I should be asking for. That just the energy sort of drops off and you realize, yeah, that's I'm just not feeling excited or um, whereas other things where I go, okay, please help me to do this. And I feel really fired up or, mm. or something. The, the emotions are the voice of the soul and they can tell right. you an awful lot, yeah. you know, about, about, you know, keep you on track. But yeah. if you want to know if something's hundred percent supported, a lot of it's about the gut feeling. Mm-hmm. It just feels right. Um, it feels rationally right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're always looking to express your, soul type so that's mm-hmm. that's you know that's why i will say who you are is why you're here mm-hmm. and so understanding your personality like you know uh, i'm a creator with a uh, primary thinker influence so i'm mm-hmm. kind of like a, a little tendency to overthink uh super sensitive psychic artistic you know i mean i'm, I'm manifesting all of that mm-hmm. so um I'll give you an example that actually was right around the time that I was um, preparing to write the instruction, my, my mm-hmm. first book, or actually start, started, it was around the time that I had that conversation with the, with the spirit guides about um, my fears. I was working out of an old coffee roastery and mm-hmm. a little room in the back of the, the, the building. And uh, the management and I had been talking one evening, we thought it would be a great thing for me to offer coffee on my website. Um, my supernatural blend coffee, you know, so we figured out the blend and got got labels. And um, and then what I found was that I would get an order for coffee and I'm trying to write this book and I'm trying to talk to clients and I'm finding myself sealing bags, grinding coffee, sticking labels on, standing in line at the post office in the middle of the afternoon when I should have been writing. And it just felt incongruous. It felt Mm wrong and when i step back and looked yeah. at it and it really where does this fit into my life what am i doing with coffee you know yeah. with everything else it, it i just dropped it right away and felt so much better for doing it, it seemed like a good idea it was just in reality mm-hmm. um i'm looking at my watch because it's not what i'm supposed to be doing yeah and that's actually a really good sign if you're in the flow and you're doing mm-hmm. something you're really meant to do time should fly yeah, you know when you're doing something you really yeah. love and you go, wow, I can't believe it's been half an hour. Yeah, that's a sign you're in the flow that that, that you're really kind of you're 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 where you're meant to be. Yeah. But conversely, if you're if you're doing something and you're kind of going, oh God, when can I get out of this? Or, yeah. You know, oh, I wish I hadn't agreed to do this. Whatever. But yeah. Well, pay attention. You know, something not working. Yeah. There, you know? Yeah. That's super powerful, and as it's so true, especially thinking about you know when you're in the flow and when it's easy and you have that gut like oh it's like all the green lights it's just yeah. it's just that easy feeling i like that that's a good way it of looking is, at yeah. things of like aligning that feeling with that feeling of okay i knowing that knowing that you're like 100% supported i really yeah. appreciate that we are here on time i want to be respectful of your time ainsley so thank you so much for coming on the podcast um oh, it should be people. my total pleasure <laughs> thank you so much it was such an honor to have you on the show. So if people want to get in touch or um, read your books, where's the best place for them to find you online and say hello and places well, and all I, that good I, stuff? I think they should go to soulworld.com. That's, uh, uh, that you can learn a lot about my membership program there and uh, other things that I do. Um, or just go to ainsleymcleod.com. And uh, yeah, all the information you need should be there. Or see you on Facebook or Instagram or, or whatever. <laughs> 
Perfect. I'll put all the links in the show notes so people know oh, where to go. You. Thank you so much for coming on, Ainsley. It was such a pleasure. I so appreciate oh, it's, it. It's been a blast. Thank you so much. You yeah, are so welcome. Great. All right, my friends. And there you have it. That is the show for you today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find Ainsley and all the links he mentioned in the show notes and definitely check out his books. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed um, the old souls guidebook is one of my, honestly, one of my all time favorite reads. So if you are interested in past lives and you enjoyed this discussion today, it's a book that I read honestly in like 24 hours in one sitting because I was just like obsessed. <laughs> so if you're curious about that kind of stuff, I've linked the book at kellytrack.com slash tools, which is the page that features all my favorite books. Um, and his is definitely on there. I also mentioned my book. So if you're interested in my book, PS, you're a genius, an unconventional guide to finding your innate gifts, even when you feel like you have none, you can get that at kellytrack.com slash books. If that is your jam, it's currently on sale for pre-order, which means there's a sweet bonus you get if you pre-order the book before November 29th, which is our five-week live group program designed to help you figure out your genius and discover the work that only you can do in the world. It's a free program that's worth 497 bucks, but totally yours for free if you order a copy on pre-order. So that's at kellytrack.com slash books. All right, my friends, that's everything. That's the show for you today. Thank you for being here. I so appreciate you. I love you. I care about you. I hope something amazing happens to you today and I will catch you back here soon. All right, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you love this episode, please take a second to share it with somebody that you know needs to hear this message. And if you feel so called and so moved, please write an honest review of what you think about this podcast in iTunes and leave me some stars. That would truly help me out on my journey to helping millions and millions of people. And until next time, have a lovely day and I'm so excited to see you back here soon.